0: Hey and welcome back to Positively Influential with me, Anna Parker Naples. To give you a bit of context, I am currently sitting in the car waiting for my son's football match to start but it's blooming cold outside so I thought I'd use this time wisely to come in and record this for you. So, one of the things I want to mention before I get going today with today's topic is that the Influential Breathwork Coach Certification is now open for our second cohort, which is starting on the 9th of January. Now, this course is something I am extremely proud of. Um, We have had some amazing testimonials slash feedback from the current participants or some of the current participants about how much it's changed their life, how surprised they are at how much they've learned what a difference it's made and how excited they are to bring this work to the world. So if you are curious, I would love you to go and check that out. The link is in the comments. But if you are just listening right now I will just um, let you know the link which is www.influentialbreathwork.com forward slash coach, and you will find all of the details and you can either decide that you want to pay in full with a split payment of three uh, I think we have six months 12 months 15 and 18 months to make it as easy for you to start in a new direction in the new year So today we are talking about the show that I have just uh, finished rehearsing and performing. So I have just completed with my adult group, my adult musical theatre group, a production of Mamma Mia, but it wasn't the show as you know it. It was written by a friend of mine uh, who is an amazing musical theatre actor and uh she has a very naughty sense of humor and it was actually set in Leighton Buzzard my hometown with lots and lots of Abba songs and it was an absolute it was an absolute scream although the process to getting to that point was slightly slightly more challenging uh I had quite um, a biggish role, I suppose, Uh, a a comedy role. And I have to say, I've really loved it. And what I want to talk to you about is the fact that I joined this group about last September, so a year and a quarter ago, I guess. And I thought about joining it for eight years. The reason I didn't was slightly to do with family organisation and when my husband could be home to have the kids and then obviously mine are teenagers now so it's much easier for me to have that flexibility but it had been on my radar for a long long time and i have to say that when i joined i was nervous i was apprehensive and a lot of that actually came down to ego so having joined having trained and worked as a professional actor and I guess my career coming to it coming to a close because I chose that it would and also not really feeling ready to make that choice many years ago now almost 20 years ago um, and then diversifying into uh, voice acting and voice performance I felt as though Going and doing amateur dramatics was like a step back. It was like a kick in the teeth. Like, I'm not good enough to have a professional career. And that held me back for so long because I didn't want to do anything that was not good, not, that was subpar. I didn't want to do anything that didn't have the values that I think are important in terms of theatre and performing. And so I sat on my big fat ego, not going and doing something that would bring me fun and pleasure and joy. And the, the interesting thing about that is I think we all make decisions that are based off our ego and they're not always decisions that sit with us, that are serving us what I've loved about joining this group, which is actually run by Richard, my friend, who often listens here. he, We were actually at school together um, and we used to do lots of pantos together as kids as well. And then our brothers became really good, 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 good friends for many, many years. So I guess kind of having known, known of Richard for a long, long time, he went off and had a lovely career in musical theatre. And I went down a, a different route of much more, I guess, um, I did a lot of Shakespeare in quite serious, serious straight acting. And I guess there was always that feeling for me that I'm not a singer. And in fact, when you're auditioning for drama school at age 18, they're very clear, like, you're a singer or you're not a singer. You're an actor who can blag it or you're an actor who can't. And I found that delineation pretty difficult because I always wish that I was an amazing singer particularly when you're at you know your your dance school or your theatre school in those ages up to 18 where you've clearly got people who are exceptionally talented in that field but you me I I could really hold my own on stage I can sing a tune I'm fine with it but no one would ever say wow she's got an amazing voice And I really wish that that was something that I had. So when I went to drama school and then into my acting career, I was always really intentional that for me it's about the word and it's about the characterisation, which got me really far. However, I was not a singer. And I actually had a number of auditions that were pretty awful regarding singing over the years because as an actor, uh, you end up going up for all sorts of jobs and the, the acting industry is notoriously quite challenging. It's no easy breeze going into auditions and, and getting a lot of rejection, which is essentially what that industry is. And I can remember several auditions that were just horrendous, where I didn't know I was going to have to sing, so I hadn't prepared as much as I would have done. And over time, this this had led to me creating some quite not very pleasant stories about my singing ability and the truth is I can sing it's just not where I'm most confident it's not where I excel it's not where I shine and so in joining a musical theatre group that in itself was quite a brave step I'm going to say courageous step actually And getting that ego out of the way from, I'm a professional actor and I've, you know, I spent thousands, tens of thousands on training and investing in that career and having a nice career as well. Um, And now my life is in a different place. And actually, the interesting thing is that having done, having got a lot of like the recognition I got in the voice acting and narration and that world of of acting very specialized segment I actually don't feel the need now to go and have a, a career like that I wouldn't want it I wouldn't want to be away from home I hate auditioning I hate that judgment piece I hate that feeling of I'm not good enough or um the way that lots of things happen at the last minute i I like being able to command lots more money and I was never interested in TV which is we all know that theatre is massively underfunded. So for me in joining this group it was a brave step and I have to say it's been one of the best things that I have done in the last couple of years. I've made some great friends, we've had an absolute scream um richard and zari who co-run the evening um absolutely uh just keep it really fun and i have a lot of respect for them both they're both extremely talented individuals and rich runs a massive um school an independent school that he's created himself for kids and my daughter one of my daughters is absolutely flourishing and considering a career in performing arts, mostly because of how Richard, she is a a singer, she's an amazing singer, mostly because of how much Rich inspires her. So if you're listening, Richard, I hope you know that I think you're doing an amazing job. And so last year I joined and we did a performance of Chicago, um, which was fun. And then we had last year, we did a summer cabaret and everyone else put their hand up to do a solo and I didn't I decided <laughs> I would sit back I did a little group number from Six the Musical where I did have a couple of lines solo and they threw me into the firing line essentially and kind of made me um made me do a solo um with the rest of the gang as as the backup crew if you like and you know what I'm so glad they pushed that comfort zone because I still know I'm not the most amazing singer. But I can hold a tune. And i it's been amazing to step back into that joy of singing and performing. And this particular show that we've just done now, I had a great, fun, almost a fairly blank canvas for a, ca- a character. I did have to sing. I sang... Um, various songs but solo I had to do some bits from Does Your Mother Know from ABBA but it was all really fun and funny and I made my character just this kind of stuck in the 80s queen with no chance (laughs) of getting a man um, but obsessed with trying to get a man and my hair was crimped and it was just it was so fun and like I said I I've loved that I've been pushed out of my comfort zone And I feel now that I wouldn't ever say, I can't sing. Like, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to continue that limiting belief that made me feel like shit because it isn't actually true. I know that I'm not the most comfortable at singing on stage, but I hope that the more opportunities I do, the more I lean into joy and fun and laughter with it, the better I'm going to get again. And the interesting thing is that, you know pre 18 when i was at school i would always get like the lead parts in in musicals and and sort of in the Count wider county as well. And so it's been great to get back into that singing because singing makes it, it's fun, right? It gives you endorphins. I'm also not an amazing dancer, but I can dance. Uh, and it's amazing those stories we tell ourselves. So the reason I'm sharing this today is about the fact that sometimes we let ego get in the way of us going and doing something that actually might bring us joy. And the thing for me with this is I had my body telling me I should go and do for eight years but ego was getting in the way saying no and yet it's been one of the best things I've done for myself in the last couple of years so my my question to you is where could you stretch your comfort zone if you let the your ego get out of the way what would that look like for you is there something you absolutely loved as a child or didn't do as a child or teenager or younger person shall we say that you would love it if you could get over yourself. So I think that's really what this episode is about, is getting over yourself. Now, this is going to segue now into something slightly different, a different topic. Now, getting out out of your own way. Someone this week, I'd written a post about a week or two ago about breathing through your nose, and it was quite funny, but it was actually quite factual as well. And somebody who is a Facebook friend, I don't know who they are... Um, Wrote a comment that was really quite sharp, a little bit caustic, a little bit mm, rude. And I was like, what is this? Basically saying, why interfere with breathing? That's what Mother Nature intended. Just leave, leave everyone to it. And I was like, well, "Who? what's got her goat then? So I went over and checked out her profile and found that she'd written a long post about how some people are charlatans in the online and coaching space and will literally flog you anything, including how to breathe. And I was really cheesed off. I was like, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> well, one, you're not an ideal client. Two, you're not really a friend, so I don't need you on Facebook. But also there was a the, the anger, I guess, the bubbling, ugh, the feeling of irritation. Well, what, what came from that was the fact that it's made me feel as though I've not been clear enough about why this stuff is important. So I've decided that in my posts, my emails and my podcast, I am going to do bite-sized chunks of information about breath, okay? Because I really do believe having been through immense amounts of stress, panic, anxiety, that even depression, that if we knew this stuff, if everyone knew this stuff, we would feel so much better. And that's the feedback I'm getting from the first first cohort of the Influential Breathwork Coach Certification, which you should definitely check out in the comments um, and get in touch with me if it's something you think you would love to discover. So first of all, I decided that this was a chance actually for me to get louder, for me to put more information out there, to be really specific about why this matters. Not a general wash of it will help your stress and anxiety, but to give you a deep dive into what I've uncovered. So first of all, today I'm going to talk about the nose and breathing through your nose and why you should probably try and do, not probably, you should try and do this 95% of the time. And you probably aren't. The majority of us are what is termed dysfunctional breathers. And that means that we're limiting our optimal health through our posture, through the way we breathe, through our breathing habits. And it starts really with, are you breathing predominantly through your mouth or through your nose? Now, you might think, well, what difference does it really make? And the answer is a lot. In terms of evolution, evolution, we aren't really supposed to breathe through our mouths, except as a backup plan or while we are while we are talking. And the nose does all sorts of things that the mouth does that the mouth doesn't. So first of all, when we breathe through our nose, we're able to filter out all sorts of nasties, so pathogens, germs, dust, debris, and you probably know that, right? That's why we've got mucusy snot in our noses but if you think about if you didn't if you were breathing through your mouth where would all that nasty gunk go well it would go right down into your lungs and that stuff is toxin that stuff is poison for your body that stuff is making you ill so by breathing through your nose you have a really intense level of filtration which is important the next thing then is that at the back of our nose, we think of our nose as just the kind of bit that sticks out of our face and maybe even the the, um, the nostrils, but actually our nasal cavity goes right back into our head and is really like it's very close to our brain. It's quite big, and inside there, it's shaped a little bit like. I always think it's shaped a little bit like a. Uh, A cone that you might find on the beach, one, you know, one of those pointy ones, a big one that you might hold up to your ear to hear the sea. And and, uh, as you're breathing in, these kind of bony bits are called turbinites or conchi. And what they do is they spin the air to remove more and warm it up. So when your breath is warmed up because you've breathed through your nose and your body's had a chance to warm it, it's better for your lungs so that your lungs can cope with it, ready for the oxygen exchange, okay? So one, we've got filtration. Two, we've got this this warming of the air. And then three... Well, it's also adding in moisture at the back of your nose so that on a dry day, that air you take in is actually moisturised to the exact level that your lungs need it for, for optimal exchange, right? So that's important too, particularly for, you know, staving off chest infections and things like that. Now, the other thing that I'm going to mention here is that when you breathe through your nose, you are pulling something called nitric oxide into your sinuses. And nitric oxide, I'll I'll probably do a whole little segment on nitric oxide itself, but it's a little bit like the magic dust of your body. So many amazing things for your body and your breathing and your uh, cardiovascular system that without it, you're really sabotaging yourself in many ways so there's a few things there about nose breathing and when you learn to breathe through your nose you're actually also activating your parasympathetic nervous system which is the one that brings you peace that's how i think about it parasympathetic and p is peace And when you have, so sympathetic then means stress. When you're activating your parasympathetic, you tend to be breathing slower. So you're bringing your breath into your belly and your your diaphragm and your ribs rather than a chest breathe. When you're breathing in your belly, you're sending more signals to your brain that you can relax that you are in this parasympathetic state that they the, your body can go into rest and digest which are and heat which means that's where you're able to sleep better that's where you're able to digest your food fully that's where your body's able to take the nutrients and when you're not breathing through your nose you are probably going to be breathing more from your chest which is telling your body to be more stressed So a few little bits there. I don't want to overwhelm you, but this stuff absolutely fascinates me. And the difference that it's already making to the first cohort in terms of their breath, in terms of how they're feeling about themselves, is astonishing. It's a little, little bite-sized piece about the nose today. There's loads of other stuff I could have told you, but we'll leave it there. Um, And I hope that that's got you intrigued. So... If one of the things you're intrigued by is breathwork, but your ego is telling you, I don't need to know that because I already know how to breathe, or I've already got all the modalities in my toolkit for the people that I want to help transform. Well, I'm telling you, there is nothing quite like working with the breath this will blow your mind. And go and check out on the sales page what the current cohort are saying about it. And I'd love, I'd love to support you. Literally, my mission is to get more people understanding this knowledge. Right, the football match is about to start. So I'm going to head off right now. But what I want to leave you with is you thinking about where could you drop the ego at the door so that you can stretch that comfort zone and maybe Make your life a little bit more fun, a little bit more of an adventure, and have much more courage, right? Life's meant to be lived, so go out and have an adventure. Much love. Bye.